welcome back to another episode of the Table Topics Podcast. I am Caleb. Joining me are... Anes. Chris. Santiago. And today we're going to be talking about different campaigns that we're playing. And yeah. different campaigns that we've played or, you know, ones that we're planning on. This one's going to be a little bit more of a lighter, more relaxed one. You know, just kind of feeling the vibes. We're vibing out. Yeah, we felt like, you know, maybe the... Knowing what games we're currently playing and, you know, what we've played before, what we plan, what we're interested in will help color the viewers, like, you know. We don't. That's, that's, that's why. That's, that's why we, that's why we do this. Help, uh, yeah. Give them a little more idea of where we're coming from, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. right. I mean, there's also going to be anecdotes we're going to be talking about. Oh, it's going to be super anecdotal. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, like, I feel like an easy one to start with is a campaign that we're currently all in, and I feel like has influenced our choice for what episodes to do. We're all currently playing Shadowrun. Yeah. Yep, yeah. That is true. Uh, it's a campaign I'm running. It's weird because it, I, I'm, we're running currently Shadowrun 6th edition. Uh, when we started the campaign, we, were, we started the 5th edition. And because 6th edition hadn't yet come yeah, out. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. out. So this is actually a campaign that we've been in for a while. Like, yeah, oh, a long. The, the, our our current play group is a little bit bad about finishing campaigns. finishing campaigns. But yeah. to be honest, like I I wouldn't have it any other way. To be yeah. fair, in our current play group, the only people who have actually finished a campaign is Chris <laughs> as a GM. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess, but like proper finish. We, yeah. We've talked about this. <laughs> a, a, a several hour long epilogue is not an end. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've had a previous campaign where like it ended and we were close to the end, so I. Gave like a one hour epilogue. I just recorded myself talking to the camera of how it would have come to an end. Yeah, you and narratively gave an ending. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, it wasn't super satisfying, but, you know, it's like. It was something. It was something because that campaign, like, for scheduling reasons and stuff like that, just couldn't go. Yeah, on. I mean, we might talk about it later, but, like, I we've had, I think all of us probably have had different campaigns where they're, they've just kind of spiraled out yeah. fizzled out fizzled yeah. out either you know i had we've had I, there's one in particular that just kind of stopped for us it wasn't even like a fizzle out it was we were going strong and then just stopped yeah. at a pretty big cliffhanger but <laughs> yes. yeah that was yeah. a cliffhanger anyways yeah <laughs> we'll, so we'll talk about yeah that. so shadowrun sixth edition what we're currently playing yeah. it's a very it's, it's a pretty homebrewy version yeah a very so, homebrewy version yeah honestly it's like now, after I've run it for four years, mm-hmm. I have some thoughts about it. If you put me now where I was four years ago, I would just not run Shadowrun for the story I wanted to tell. Mm. You know, there's... But I feel like... Do you know of a better, like, system that you would have chosen instead? Honestly, for that specific... For this story specifically, mm-hmm. I would have considered Mutants and Masterminds, mm-hmm. but likely would have just homebrewed a system... Gotcha. Uh, in my head, what I think this would run well in this kind of story is like some variation of the uh, the first edition Eclipse phase, maybe stripped down a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that style of system would right. work uh, better uh, than Shadowrun. Because, okay, what this campaign is homebrewed for is I wanted characters uh, with superpowers. Uh, so all the characters have some kind of superpower... Uh, and it's set in the Shadowrun universe, and I think the reason I chose Shadowrun is I like the Shadowrun setting a lot. I mean, you might have listened. He's a lore fiend. <laughs> uh, 
even without the lore, just the setting and the world, the way yeah. it's built, I love it. And to be fair, it's something that you have had experience DMing before as well, so I guess you were comfortable with that as well. And it was, <clears throat> you say that, it was mm-hmm. the only thing I'd DMed before. Right? The yeah. only thing I'd ever DMed is Shadowrun 5th Edition. The first campaign I ever ran was a friend of mine was like, hey, I'm kind of interested in this, but, you know, no no one in our playgroup has DMed it. Did, or was at the time ready to de- uh, to GM. I think at the time, <coughs> Santi was the only person in our, our friend group who was like confident GMing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I ha- had thoughts about GMing before. I'll GM this. And I had no knowledge of Shadowrun at all. And so I remember I was a university student at the time. And I, during lectures, I would just have the Shadowrun book open. And if I fe- felt like... The the, the lecturer, the lecturer yeah. was like saying stuff that I knew or was familiar with. It's like I can like <laughs> not pay attention to the lecture for a bit. I would read the rule book. Sorry, any students out there, do not do, <laughs> do what do not Emerson. do what I did. It's <laughs> any it's, students out there, you should have read the lecture material beforehand. You can do this. <laughs> it's not a problem. But yeah, in one week, I just powered through as much as I could of the Shadowrun 5th edition, like, core rulebook, and then we ran, and we ran with not just the core rulebook, we ran with, like, every splash book uh, available. It's very ambitious, yeah. It, and, you know, it, it, it ended up being fun, and, you know, we had fun with it. I wish I had been more familiar with Shadowrun before running that, but after that had come to a conclusion i wanted to run something else i had this thought in my head of like a kind of game that i wanted to play i wanted something with superpowers i wanted the, uh, for the characters to be like very impactful on the world mm-hmm. i think my hero academia <laughs> had just come out for all the weebs out there it had not yet oh was that no, just this before, before it, this yeah. is like a year before like maybe the manga had started coming out and but i hadn't uh, found it yet mm-hmm. but the anime was at least a year out uh, and so I had these ideas, and I was like, I, I wanted to do that, so I homebrewed something for Shadowrun. I homebrewed <laughs> different powers that each character had. So each character has these powers that were based on how the mechanics, the normal Shadowrun mechanics were, but like, even if they gave you the same, my in my head, it's like, even if they gave you the same effect that something you can normally get in Shadowrun, I wanted it to be a little bit stronger or more karma efficient yeah. or stuff like that. But a lot of them just let you do things you can't do with the normal rules. Right. But you also made it fit in universe with a lot yeah. of stuff. I also yeah. distinctly remember the way that you had us pick yeah. powers, <laughs> which is session zero, you had like a bunch of folded pieces of paper, yeah. and we all like got to take one and look at it. I can describe it, yeah, what it was. Yeah, do it. it so, was... And that part, I'm very proud of, of how that turned out. So what <laughs> It's it was, all been down here, the hill from yeah, there. It's like I had in my head, I came up with like 11 or 12 powers. And I just gave them a name. And in my head, I knew roughly what the power was. Not every power was completely built out at the time. And so I just wrote each one on a small piece of paper, folded it up, shook it up in my hand. There were four players. And I just... Dealt two to each player. And there were some rules. One is, you, you can read what's on your piece of paper, but you can't show it to anyone. Mm-hmm. The other rule is, each player was about two trades. You're not allowed to tell the person what you're trading. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to show them the, uh, the, the paper, that kind of stuff. But you can However, just ask for a trade and then... 
Yeah. Yes. However, I also highlighted, and after explaining all the rules to the players, that this is Shadowrun, and the rules only matter as long as you don't get caught. Shadowrun's all about the criminal aspect. And I remember <laughs> sitting during the sessions and, like, deliberately taking, like, big actions to give players big opportunities. Like, I had my water bottle behind me and I would, like, you know, turn around to grab some water and, like, be turned around for a while and, like, you know, drink some water, turn back down. You know, like, I'll drop something off the table and I'll kneel down to pick it and, you know, that kind of stuff. I was very proud of what I had pulled off during this. We'll get to that. I mean, like, uh, what, what did you pull off? So, like, you know, that, that, that was the mm -hmm. point. I gave people, you know, I gave you guys the room because, surprise, surprise, all the people sitting here, all the other, you, you all were players in that. Mm -hmm. So, what do you, what kind of stuff yeah, did you guys so, pull? Okay, well, just to give a little more context before this, there was two groups. Oh, that's right. Of players, I, yeah, right. I should I should mention this as well. So when putting together this campaign, I had you know to my friend group being like, "Hey, I have this idea. This is what the game's going to be like. Who's interested in playing?" And a lot of people were interested in playing. Yeah, uh, I got like seven people in total, mm -hmm. and so it came. Uh, you know, I was like, "How do I cut people?" I was not willing to run more than five. Uh, in a play group, yeah. In 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 one camp, in one play group, and so what ended up happening is I was like, I'll just run the same campaign twice, like simultaneously. Simultaneously, yeah. so I made two play groups. One player ended up playing in both. Natasha, mm -hmm. a friend of ours, you might hear us talk about her. She ended up having a clear a, a character in each of the two different campaigns, and they're basically alternate reality versions of the same campaign, mm -hmm. and so. The three of you and Natasha was one group, and another group is Natasha and three other of our friends. Yeah, I'll tell you. In the other group, we had I had to reset the whole game at one point because every time. So the, there's the caveat: every time I caught someone cheating, and I didn't yeah, realize sorry. how bad our friends when were. When you're saying cheating. reset the whole game, you meant like the uh, of the, the picking paper. of the powers. Yeah, of the picking of the powers, not the entire campaign. Yeah, yeah. of the picking <laughs> of the powers. Yeah, because every time I caught someone cheating. I was like, ah, take everyone's papers back and, and distribute then you it started, again. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize how bad my friends are at cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, well, it's that's a good thing, but yeah. it's also like, I guess none of us here have the criminal blood in us. Okay, well, except the Zane. fact that except except Zane. Zane in the other group, yeah. I had to reset the whole game because eventually everyone like took their two papers and all of them said lucky, <laughs> which is one of the powers. Yeah, yeah. Zame had made literally fifty slips of paper in Ennis's handwriting to that session to that game, mm -hmm. and after they were done, and like everyone had like tossed out the like twelve or so that yeah. was like the extra lucky things. After he had gotten the power he wanted, he then pulled out his pockets, and there was just like. <laughs> more. There were so many. They're just like. <laughs> I will also point out when I had to reset and like open the papers and find all mm -hmm. the original twelve. I couldn't tell which lucky was the one that I wrote. Yeah. I was like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. But it's like <laughs> you knew there were some counterfeits in there. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really funny because he had done that right. Yeah. And they went first. Yes. Uh, so because the players from the both sessions, they just you know some some of you guys. Uh, sat in on the other session zeros to see what was happening, see what it was like. I I hadn't, yep. but I knew that this was happening because you you announced it, yeah, and like the rules and everything, and we were getting excited. Yep. And then I had heard what Zame did, and yep. so I went to Zame and I was like, 
okay, so what did the pieces of paper look like? Yeah. Because, like, I didn't know what they would look like. And so I went to him, and he he had some of the lucky ones. So I took that, and I wrote the one I wanted on it. And I don't know why he didn't just do this, but I wrote the one I wanted. Because yeah. you, you told us some of them what they were. Either, either you told us or, like, people had read them, and yeah. I asked, like, Zane what they were. And I had wrote the one I wanted on it, and I just... I just took that out of my pocket when we were choosing all end, of our at powers. The end, yeah. At the end, yeah. Because at the end, you, you know, you choose one of the two slips that ended up in your hand. That's the one you end up with. Yeah. I just marked mine with a little orange pen on the back. So every time you caught us for cheating, I would just, oh, I'm going to take this piece of paper out yeah. of the hat. And that uh, like, You never saw uh, it. Uh, no, that I did see. But that's the kind of thing where I saw it and I was like, you know, I'll let, let that one slide. Let, let it slide. And I didn't see it the first time. I saw it, like, maybe the second time we had reset. Like, I saw, like, there was, like, a, a discoloration on one of them. I, and I was like, eh, it can be. I was very lazy. Yeah. And the first time I got both slits of paper, I'm like, I don't want any of these. And trades happen. I'm like, I don't want any of these. We reset. Yeah. I don't want any of these. Trades happen. I don't want any of these. We reset. I get them. I'm like, oh, I want this one. And I just... <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm just in trade. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, the one I want. And this is another thing, like, in, in my heart to, like, fit with the vibe for Shadowrun, I didn't tell anyone what the powers were. Mm-hmm. However, so be- beforehand, no one had any idea of what would be available. Yeah, that is a lie. I knew all of the powers. But <laughs> some people helped me set up uh, the campaign and, like, Work on which powers should be included and which shouldn't be, and mm-hmm. like what the names, the titles of all the powers were. Those people, like, it's outside knowledge, and I'm like, you can keep that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're talking about like uh, asking each other, like, outside the game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I didn't prohibit that. I was like, yeah. you know, go for it, because in my head that fits the 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 under, uh, yeah. the, you know, the back, the uh, underhanded sort the of underhanded, back alley sort of like uh, you know getting information. Yeah. That's how I felt when I was like going to Zame, and yeah. I was like, hey, this is like a don't tell Ennis, but let's uh, <laughs> let's kind of try to skirt the system. Let me gra- gather my intel, you know, forge my thing, and. Then, I thought that was, like, pretty in-universe as well, so it was fun. What ended up happening with that is, so, the two were running, and it was very cool running two of the same campaign, because it's like, you guys would make similar decisions in some areas, different decisions in others. Mm -hmm. The major story beats were still the same, but some of, like, the inside stuff was different. Uh, (laughs) You all ended up hating the same character for different reasons. (laughs) Uh, Like, loving and hating the same character for different, but similar reasons. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's like, it's two flavors of the same thing. I had initially planned, I was like, eventually I'll have like a crossover episode mm-hmm. where all everyone from the two groups meets. Uh, like, just have a, uh, I was like, I'll do like a couple seven person sessions, you know, seven person, eight character sessions. Mm-hmm. It'll be challenging, but I was like, a couple sessions, I can make it work eventually. Yeah, I was very disappointed because specifically, I made a character that was the same across two of the yeah. campaigns with yeah. another one of the players because we got the same power. And we're both like, ah, we, I kind of want to play a Minotaur. And he was like, yeah, me too. And I was like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> what if we're just like the alternate realities? Yeah. Uh, but I ended up being like a super soft boy, like mm-hmm. the gentle giant. And he was just like murder full humble. rage murder version. It yeah, was yeah. so fun. Yeah, definitely. So what ended up happening, though, with the other group that you guys aren't part of, Firstly, it's the person that played the Minotaur. 
uh, had, you know, real life stuff come up and he couldn't just keep continuing with the campaign. Mm -hmm. And then another player was also like, he was like, it wasn't like, he was not like a hard stop. He's not like definitely out of the campaign, but he's like, I'm going to have to take a long break. And then the long break got extended once and extended again. Uh, and then eventually we were like, okay, so that other version of the campaign is not running. But yeah, they're at a bit of a standstill. Yeah. yeah. The person that was most affected was our friend Zane, who did the lucky thing. Yeah. Because he's available for all these sessions, but he can't play because it's just a standstill. One player had left and one player's on hiatus. And then the other the, player, the other is player that's still there well. is Natasha, who's in both groups. So yeah. she's continuing the chaperone. And so because of that, uh, and there was already like a multiverse plan for this campaign. Uh, I, not not a ripoff of like recent movies that have come out. This was years again, ago. It, it's like it's <laughs> funny to think about. It's like we did it, and then it's in pop culture in some form as well. Yeah, and it's predicted it all. <laughs> I feel like the writing was on the wall. You know, well, everyone was going to come to th these yeah. ideas eventually. But yeah, anyway. the writing was on the wall. It was in crayon. Yeah, yeah. MCU. Uh, they just listened to our sessions. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. They, they they've been biting our shit for years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so eventually I just brought in Zane from that other world into this world, and that became part of like the ongoing story. Yeah. Uh, and now the big villain is also doubled up because they're the two versions of the big villain. Is the you know the 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 same character but from both worlds is influencing the story yeah. as a whole. My favorite part and the funniest part. Yeah. I think is our camp when Zane joined our campaign. Yeah, the whole story kind of shifted around him at that point, yeah. and so we all kind of realized, oh, none of us are the main characters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Zane's character <laughs> that had just joined our campaign. Yeah, it, it's funny because your campaign, <laughs> in, in a way, became like the main character, the main protagonist is the person that wasn't there for most of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember us just trying to chase him down a fucking alley, and none of us could. I was like, oh, this is the main character. This is what it's like to have a good power. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. The good power that I've stolen from him. Yeah, I've ripped yeah. it from his hands. Well, yeah, that's a story point, is in-game, yeah. the kind of foil to his character is the big bad yeah. and stole his powers yeah. and so now he's just kind of he's just a normal dude as a normal dude he's just a guy I will just say, a guy the reason I wanted to do it to Zane more than anyone else is first of all his character's a good foil because his character's lucky the main villain's power is bad luck mm -hmm. so you know it's like it's like the good counterpart uh, and you know the main villain has motivation to go uh, after Zane his, you know, Sevens specifically, Sevens being Zane's character. But then the also the other big thing is you get karma in Shadowrun. Is it, I knew you were going to say this. You just wanted to punish him, didn't you? It, it just, <laughs> in my head, it's the most it, like impactful because yeah. he had engaged in the most hubris out of all of you. Oh, yeah. In that he had put in the minimum possible into anything except his power. Like, actual character creation, he was like, I'm gonna save as much karma for that, so I can fully go all in on my power. Yeah, and whenever yeah. you got karma rewards for doing missions and stuff, he's just like, all in on the power. All in on the power. Increase edge. Increase edge again. <laughs> yeah, and so, it's like, I felt like, of 
all of you, like, if I took it away from you, yes, it'd be, like, nerfing you in some way, but, like, ultimately, you still have skills to function outside of your power. Yeah, like, we could be shadow runners. Yeah, you could yeah. still be, like, <laughs> weaker than what you are, but you'd still be a normal starting Shadowrun character mm-hmm. without your powers. At, at, at minimum. At minimum. Yeah. yeah. Sevens without his powers? He's just a guy. He's literally just a guy. I have stats <laughs> from mooks that are like double his ties <laughs> for both stuff. And this is not like set mooks that I have set up to be your opponents, which are like, I usually make those people stronger. Yeah. This is like core rulebook mooks are uh, like double his dice pool. And I'm like, you're just alright. Like, he, you know, he's just a guy. <laughs> it's like there was story motivation for it, and there was like, I could see the hubris, and I was like, <laughs> This is too juicy not to punish. I mean, like, you, you gotta think about, like, there is that, like, duality between his good luck and the villain's bad luck. But, and that that's what makes him, like, an even more perfect target. But, I mean, I was just thinking, like, what would that look like for the rest of our characters? Like, Caleb, is your alt like villain just a guy that's super awkward? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because my character's like super charismatic and has powers to like manipulate emotions and like read emotions yeah. and that it, kind of stuff. Is yeah, it? Yeah. Is it just? It's just, it's just like oh, he makes me slightly uncomfortable. Yeah, like, I really don't like being around. <laughs> or 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 is like my counterpart like a caveman that that literally. <laughs> Like, He's a walking EMP. Yeah. A walking EMP. So dense. See, I, I think the only other like narrative villain that you could have had alongside a stealing of the powers arc would be for Moonlight. Yeah. Because Moonlight, who is my new character, is a man with uh, like souls. with two souls, and the other soul like controls his blood. blood. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so for for Moonlight, another character who also heavily relies on his power uh, and is maybe a little bit too invested in it as well. Like you can see how he could get his powers taken, and also there is a secondary villain that was Natasha's old character in the old yeah. campaign. So Natasha's yeah. character in the old campaign, first character, in the first world. character. So both. Chris here and Natasha have changed characters once. Uh, both of their old characters are still alive. Uh, Chris's old character has joined the police force, so could no longer be a Shadowrunner. And started and helps with a chicken restaurant. And, and is in a relationship. And now. is in a relationship. And so I felt like your character's in a good place in his life to no longer have to be a Shadowrunner. And then also it doesn't make sense for you to be a criminal anymore with you trying to get into the police force. Mm-hmm. And so you, you stop playing that character. Natasha's other character stopped being a playable character because they became a villain. They went insane, and they're in—they're just homos- uh, like homicidal, genocidal. They want to kill and absorb the souls of as many things as possible. And, and that's part of the power that my new character has. It's if when you kill things, you can choose to absorb their souls and gain their powers and become more powerful. But for every person you do that to, you go crazier. Yeah, and uh, you. Yeah. you lose control of your character more yeah. and more. So, so my character is very much the path of peace versus Natasha's old character, which is the path of madness. Yeah. Murder. Or murder. murder. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there, there are those narrative foils for the other characters, but uh, poor Sevens. Yeah. I will say, if you're a GM at home, be careful when you do this, because with Sevens, I spoke to the player. I spoke, I spoke to Zane beforehand before doing this, and we had a bit of a discussion about, like, what it would mean to take the powers away, like, what 
story beats we'd be trying to push, what right. arc we'd trying to follow. So you're talking and, about nerfing a character. Yeah. yeah, because I'd be taking I was taking away significant aspects of his of his powers. And yeah. so we talked about it and he was really into the idea of like, you know, that type of struggle. Uh he even toyed around with like we joke about this, but he he even toyed around with his like he has a pet dog. He's like Maybe we should kill that dog. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no. it was his idea. <laughs> no, I, like, I, like I, I, I was talking about taking stuff away from him, and you know, I don't remember who brought it up, but he was like, if the situation is appropriate, mm-hmm. yeah, that would fill into that character arc. And like, characters love a good or players love a good story, right? Yeah, players mm-hmm. love and, a good and, story. And then, uh, like, oblig- obligatorily, yeah. Uh, Zane's character has to become John Wick because he's <laughs> yeah, right. Dog, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's and, him when he gets his powers back. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. will say, some part of me wanted to keep pushing, wants to keep pushing the dog angle. Zane is not here, so he can't hear this. And, and it's like, you're, you, you are Zane. trying to kill that dog, and I notice it every single time. Yes. <laughs> I want him to burn an edge every time the dog is in danger, and eventually he'll run out of edge to burn. I want to push him to that end. <laughs> he is close. <laughs> you think he's at four? He's at six. Okay. He's at six. He has six dog deaths he can prevent. <laughs> so I want to cause can, six potential can, dog no, deaths. Can, and can, I, can I just... Bam. Can I just you're say a, that, that, that for me, my first thought would be like, yes, please, that's amazing. Yeah. But also, when you kill that dog... You gotta let him have some of his edge back. Like, give him, give, like, like yeah. you just killed his dog. Hey, hey man, well, GM's well, going GM. Yeah, I, so, I think it's we've just had this conversation well, before. Literally last, yeah. Ep- yeah. last episode, last, last session, session yeah. there was a situation where I was like, he really wanted one of the NPCs to kill that dog. They were fighting some enemies. There's a yeah. sniper in the back. He has two possible shots. Yeah. That's and, what it was. And, and you were, and you were, cons- and he was like, ah, he's gonna, he's gonna go for the dog. And then I was, I was like, wait a second. There's another character, Chris's character, who specifically shot. walked out into the open because yeah. I, I played the tanks. I yeah. always play the tank. I have a type. I like playing <laughs> big guys that you shoot and are just like, Shmeet I don't care. I take no damage. Uh, and I like playing the big guy. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'm gonna walk out a little bit in the open so that everybody starts shooting me, I'm not going to take any damage, like, even if I do, not that big a deal. And then Ennis was like, but theoretically he could shoot the dog. He's got two options and he's going to go for the dog and we were like, no, 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 no. In this specific situation, I know you want to kill that dog, but like, come on, he's going to go for the guy who's been fucking up everybody else. Yeah, I I, the reason why is every time the dog is an option, I look at it and I'm like, Maybe I, I should. You give it a little too much credence. Yeah, I, I know, but in my head, it's like, honestly, we're getting closer and closer. Every session is getting closer to Seven's getting his powers back. Mm-hmm. You guys have been pushing that for a while, and he's starting to get there. And so, I only have so much time to murder a dog. Yeah, I'm like, I have, to, I have six more deaths he's to try He's got a dog-killing okay? quota, and he is not meeting it. And one thing I... And so, like, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just looking at him I'm like, it's a possible shot. This is a possible <laughs> shot. I almost wanted to give it a 50-50, but then you guys made a good yeah. argument oh, about... Ennis, Ennis would like, you should have Eustace kill his dog. There's no... Uh, if Eustace kills his dog... For, for reference, Eustace is the, the big bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, that's what I, you know what, especially if he's like, I'm going to burn an edge or whatever to keep the dog alive and bad luck powers cancel it. Not to give you moments. Why would you tie it to me early? You know what? I should have killed the dog at the beginning. Yeah, when you just was stealing his power. That's that's when you should have killed the dog. You should have killed the dog then. I was also thinking another good point is maybe when he gets his powers back, like gain something, lose something else, you know? But again, you'd have to find a way to kill that dog. You gotta kill that dog. But you don't have to. Okay, like, you're, you guys are really on this dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, well me, I, I get it, but there's other things. Anyways, one thing I wanted to mention yeah. is just, like, back to when Zane's character, Sevens, came mm-hmm. into our campaign. It's really funny that he was he's, like, the main character of yeah. our campaign. Because at that point in our campaign, we had tried to start a... Chicken, chicken restaurant. restaurant franchise. A chicken restaurant franchise empire. Yeah, empire. And we, we could have done it. We could have done it. We, we, we were starting to do it. <laughs> I, and, and, I, in the absence of our characters, it probably is... It, it became very slice of life <laughs> Yeah. I, I, so here's what I... One of the other motivations, this is like, you know, peer behind the veil, uh, is that Sharon campaign... To some extent, like, yes, the slice of life stuff was, we were really enjoying it. But to some extent, and you guys had expressed this to me, it felt like it was getting a bit aimless. Yeah. yeah and so, not a the thing. thing is, we had goals. It's just the goals had gotten so far away from like, <laughs> what you were doing. What normal, what, what the campaign was supposed to be or about. Was, yeah, it was trying to be like, about. I am down for a campaign where Death tries to start a chicken restaurant, but it makes... All of his powers worthless, like, uh, and yeah, also most of what the character was built for in combat, honestly, and, like, and the personality and of your characters. Like, yes, the personality of your characters yeah. in my head are the type that wants to make a chicken restaurant, but like, you have no entrepreneurial <laughs> experience. I took, I took, <laughs> I spent karma to get <laughs> knowledge skills in order to help with this. I think my character, to be fair, was the only one that was actually like. Specked out in a way that could potentially yeah. start, start a chicken, chicken empire. Yeah. yeah, but to be fair, this is not our. This is not the campaign. For yeah, it, you know, and, yeah. and like that was a goal. But like other than that, like you know, starting a business is boring. It, yeah, like uh, let's be real. Like part of why you're playing a tabletop RPG is like you're you're in there for the spicy story, and there's only so much spice you can have with a chicken with like a business. Yeah. That being said, I think there is legitimately a yeah. very fun campaign in there in trying to start a chicken restaurant in a cyberpunk I world. fully agree. Yeah. I, I actually wouldn't mind playing like a campaign that is just a sort of like monotonous thing in a completely wild world. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and yeah. you know, oh, there's the rival chicken recipe. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to steal our recipe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I feel like there there is a campaign there, but it just wasn't the campaign we were playing, no, and we have no. been playing for like oh, like oh, over a year. Yeah. So, and it's not where the, the campaign was aimed to go, because at that mm-hmm. point, Eustace, you know, the bad luck character, had been set up to be a villain. And had been lost from your universe, had been j- pulled away from your universe. We named them, though. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that was setting up for you to chase after them. Yeah. Uh, but then I felt like we got sidetracked with all this stuff and chicken stuff. And I felt like 
Sevens, it was like a good central driving force for putting us back onto that storyline. And I think right away, it wasn't clear how we would go about that. Like, yeah, the main guy left, like the big bad left, but it was just this freak thing that happened that we had no real idea of how to either recreate or Or try to follow in any sort of way. It was like, okay, that's just kind of close. It's basically just our downtime cut extended to like three buff. Yeah. I feel like that was part of, that was part of like one of my sometimes or weaknesses that I feel like I've put in some effort to improve on and hope to improve more upon, which is like, I don't like saying no to players Mm -hmm. and that's good. I feel like in some ways it's like it's how you can get really interesting things, but you can't as a GM you have to provide a guideline for like the players to follow. You Goals. Have, you you yeah, gotta you have put to, stuff in front of them, right? You have to put stuff in front of them, and so uh, you know you guys are like we want to do this chicken thing, and we want to uh, uh, do this in our do- time downtime, yeah. and you know go party and uh, do whatever, and we want to like describe these things because yeah. you know part of playing a tabletop RPG is like escapism and you want to do these things you wouldn't do in reality. And I don't want to take that away from my players. I'm like, okay, you want to do these small things, we'll do them. But the small things, if you're not, if you don't provide the right guidelines, can add up and add up and add up. And it's like, we did several months worth of sessions where we were not, I was not pushing you guys in the direction of the story at all. Not because I couldn't, because the things that ended up giving you the ideas were things that popped up in the world yeah it's not uh you pursuing it uh, it's like things that i could have given you at any time i mean there was also i I mean i didn't mind it particularly because my character is such a heavy downtime based character (laughs) like there were so many things like everyone's powers did like really cool stuff in the moment and mine can too but a lot of the utility of it comes with pre-planning and like getting blueprints and and getting designs and then and and making them a reality Mm -hmm. and i just remember that period of time where it was it was a lot of hurry up and wait Mm -hmm. for for missions like like we'd have like three sessions where there'd be like no downtime at all and i'd be like i don't i i can't do shit and then and then and then we'd get a lot of downtime and i'd finally be able to kind of like breathe because i'd actually be able to do the stuff that i wanted to do yeah so i didn't mind that too too much also slice of life isn't the worst i i mean it's not it wasn't it wasn't like Superb, but it was enjoyable in its own way. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I still had a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, I think it was fun. I just th- felt like it dragged on for a while. And it did. The, it definitely uh, sevens was, was a, an arc. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like Sevens was a good, like, it was like an extended back into, beach the, yeah, into the story. So, speaking of campaigns that drag on. <laughs> I, I, thank you. I was, I was like, how can we stop talking about Shadowrun? Because we have been talking about it for like half an hour now, and we'd like to talk about the other one. Yeah, uh, I, I will say, yeah. <laughs> Before we started recording, we were like, "Man, what if like we talk and we run out of time, uh, or like we run out of topics before like we yeah, this record might be long a enough?" Longer, uh, <laughs> not, not a concern anymore. We all get excited. Yeah, uh, other campaigns that drag on. Why? Are, why is Exalted. That... We're oh, gonna be talking God. about Exalted now. Yeah. yeah. How long? How long's that campaign? Longer than Shadowrun. Yeah. How many years? How, wait. Okay. So wait. How many years has Shadowrun been going on for? Uh, I believe since twenty eighteen. 
Yes, yeah, it started so. at the end of 2018. So it's actually, been like it's almost four been four years. years. Yeah. yeah, it's been just about four years. Yeah, and so exalted, exalted has been longer than that. It's, I believe about a year longer. Yes. Yeah, it, it started at the beginning of 2018. Okay, beginning of 2018. Yeah, so yeah, so almost five years. Almost five years, and it's and still going on. It's still, it, it, and we haven't even started yeah. the game. No, do not, not this. <laughs> for for reference. Since since Exalted has started, I have started and finished two full campaigns, and I am on track to finish a third before, before Exalted. Exalted finishes. That being said, I love Exalted, and I'd have it yeah. no other way. Uh, <laughs> Exalted, as we discussed in a previous episode, is a game of epic proportions, in, in very much in the light of, like, the, the epics of like you know Gilgamesh or or Beowulf they're long like I, that's yeah. my excuse uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we started I I had been wanting to run Exalted ever since I first got exposed to it and knowing how complicated the rule set could be how involved in in storytelling it was gonna be. I I was trying to pick from my friends people that I felt would be comfortable in that kind of role and kind of being able to handle a more uh, difficult game to play. And I settled on at, at that point when we started that campaign. I I did not know Chris. Yeah, that that was that was yeah. the pre Chris era. Yeah, that's pre Chris era. Yeah. I settled on uh, Annis Caleb. Our friend Mike, our friend James, and Zane. and Zane. Zane. Yeah, yeah. The game progressed at its pace. There was what a section of the game that I always refer to in every campaign that I, I run, which is Tutorial Island, where things are on training wheels, and I try to expose them to as many kind of different concepts and stuff in that area. And then, and then once you're over Tutorial Island, I take the kid gloves off mostly. <clears throat> shortly after Tutorial Island ended, one of the players could no longer... So, no, sorry. Right before Tutorial Island ended, Mike was like... It was like the final battle of Tutorial Island. The final battle of Tutorial yeah. Island. Like, in the middle of it, yeah. it's just like, I can't do it. And so we had to scramble to find somebody to fill in Mike's place, and we brought in Will... Yeah, it, was it in the middle of it, or is it, we were... You were on the way. Yeah, we were, we were on, on a ship, and we were going to drop down to yeah, the city I where the big that, yeah. Yeah. battle was going to happen, the city that we're going to try to save from this mm. giant... Uh, uh, Leviathan. Uh, Leviathan. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, it's... Necrotech. So, Necrotech Leviathan. Necrotech, yeah. so it's like an undead technology type yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, Leviathan. And so we're in the ship in the air, and before we jump, you know, that's where one session ends. Mm -hmm. And then between that and the next session, Mike has to step away from the campaign. And, and so we add a new player. Yeah, and the thing with Exalted is it's kind of built around five players. You don't need five players, but it is heavily like it's set a, up for five players. Mm -hmm. Or five characters. Yeah, it's like the, a big yeah. theme. Like It's the five points. It's, there's the five elements, five uh, people make a circle yeah. uh, of, of whatever type of exile and they so are. The five we, we wanted We wanted five people, yeah. like, always for the campaign. And so when Mike had left, we were like, well, we really, we need another person. 
to fill in. So yeah, we brought in Will, and it was, and <laughs> you had to find a way to yeah. How introduce did you do that. that? It, you... it was, it was. I'm going to be I honest think, with I... you. It was the most haphazard. I liked it. <laughs> uh, way of doing it. I so there is an event that as of yet. The players don't know what happened. So I'm not going to spoil it. But there was an event that happened that in addition to a lot of other stuff happening, like a deity disappearing, yeah. uh, Mike's character basically got replaced with an alternate version of himself that is Will's character. Or was Will's first character, which uh, uh, was named Hakar. Yeah. Uh, an, an eclipse cast. Um, so they went, they had this big battle at the end, uh, there was a giant golden spine that was a mecha, because yeah, Exalted. Yeah, we had, like, the mech battle, the Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim mech battle, yeah. yeah. pretty sick. I got to pilot the mech, so I was super happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> I had the Pacific, uh, Rim theme playing. Uh, after that, stuff happened, they visited, uh, the, their friend deity, Yusus. Uh, who's like the the deity of artifice in the in in my version of uh, Exalted? Um, the giant mech battle was a precursor to our Lancer campaign and made me really excited to play it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I may I have a like, thing for mechs. Yeah, the TLDR though for what we're saying is eventually we replace another player. We eventually yeah. replaced another player. James had to step away. Yeah, uh, I, I was asked to join at this point, but I was in the middle of GMing three games in addition to playing in Shadowrun at that point, and I had a fresh relationship uh, with a person uh, who told me if I joined another campaign, she would leave me. Um, so Is that the one you're engaged to? Yeah, now? that's the one I'm engaged to now. Yeah. So, you know. So I, I probably could, a good idea. I could, I could have a wife or I could have been an Exalted. I'm still <laughs> and, not and sure And Exalted is, is right still running. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, still a chance. We don't hey, know. man, we can still get you. <laughs> I, thought, yeah, I was going to say, we don't know which will last longer. <laughs> I'm not saying that your marriage is not going to go well. I'm saying Exalted uh, is hey, going to run hey, for 15 hey, years. Hey, okay, all right. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sad, Santi. Um, but uh, from that point on, uh, the Exalted campaign, I basically made uh, a heavily modified version of the setting because there are some aspects of the setting I don't like. There are some aspects of the setting that I felt didn't quite touch on the, the kind of themes I wanted to touch on. And also uh, the actual campaign that they're playing is technically a book like like a written campaign module for exalted i have just heavily modified it it's mm -hmm. called uh return of the scarlet Empress. yeah big 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 tip to anybody who is thinking about starting a campaign especially in a system you don't know read a couple of adventure module books and then just take the parts you like and throw away all the other garbage it is so good yeah mm -hmm. Uh, they had romps, they went to cities, they made mistakes, they killed stuff they shouldn't have killed, they didn't kill stuff they should have killed, you know, yeah. it was, uh, it was, a. Uh, they went to a city, a uh, city of memories, where there was, like, a bunch of, like, biomes and yeah, stasis. it was, like, the most, like, advanced, yet also, like, like, past advanced civilization 
version of like an insanely huge uh, museum. Yeah. And like zoo exhibit stuff. And yeah. it was, like, largely abandoned, but a lot of the, you know, first-age tech is still operational and running <laughs> with, you know, some caveats. Yeah. And I'm, there I'm, was a third-circle demon chained up there, and, you know, I mean, we didn't really know too much, both as players and... In-game. As characters... Yeah. And so we saw... Killing a demon just seems like a good idea for to, heroes to be to fair, do, right? they, exactly. they went to this city yeah. in search of the source of a demonic infestation that was literally killing the land. Yeah. And so we had the intention and the drive of ridding this area of demonic powers, you know? And so we went, we saw a third circle demon, and we chained up there, and we were like, oh, that's bad. Let's kill it. <laughs> you know, as heroes do. And so you if you listening, ever, if you ever run think, yeah, into a, a thing <laughs> that is an incredible evil or something that looks like it, and it's been chained up and imprisoned instead yeah. of killed, you should stop and ask yourself, why did whoever dealt with this <laughs> just chain it up? Yeah, we didn't ask. See, that. see, that that would that would have been a very prescient uh, question to ask in the moment. Can I just say, though, like, from a different perspective, it makes me understand, like, being being there in that moment, I understand the dumb decisions that video game characters make sometimes. Like, you know, it's like, you know, people yeah. are like, well, if Link never, you know, went and... Went to the, the past? Yeah, and like, or, if... if it, or the there's future. something, I don't remember very clearly, but <laughs> there's something remember. in the Ocarina of Time. Great anecdote. Great example. In the Ocarina of Time, it's like if he never collected the, the things to open the Temple of Time mm, and uh, sure, open yeah. like the the time travel thing, Ganon would have never been able to for, uh, to ruin the world. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah spoilers <laughs> for the Ocarina of Time, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> or more. Yeah. Uh, so, but like being in that moment and being like, there, you think you're doing the right thing until it goes wrong. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. So, I don't know what happened when you killed that third circle demon. It just sounds like a dumb decision. It's a decision we have yet to experience the consequences of, but Ooh. every time we, sh we describe what we have done to other NPCs, especially like our allies, they're like, what have you done? Yeah. They have to grab us by the collar. It's like... Yeah, don't we knew we made we now we gave, know we made a mistake. Yeah, we gave a character an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited that was, to learn was that what the consequences yeah. are. No, uh, no, Link Se Shu. Oh yeah, uh, Link Se Shu, your uh, guide of the Sidereals. Yeah, our our uh, he's our handler. Our, our, yeah. yeah, our pseudo mentor. Uh, we gave him an aneurysm when we told him. Yeah. He, he just he just was like, I'm just gonna stop talking to you right now, and just, like, left. Honestly, <laughs> I think that campaign... Campaign? Campaign. Yeah. That campaign is full of mistakes yeah. that we have made as characters yeah. and but, players. But that's, that's the... I, yeah, it was so fun, epic, though. especially. It was great. It's uh, hilarious. Uh, you guys stopped a siege, mm -hmm. Janice's character killed a bunch of people. Can I just uh, say, of everything in the campaign... That is almost like the the Loki. The only thing that I've like, and I, I and we've spoken about we've this spoken already. About this, yeah. It's the only time where I've just been like, I really don't like this. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was so part of Exalted is like you know the characters. We've talked about it in the Exalted episode. Like you can't really punish characters 
in like a, a traditional a sense. traditional sense. You no enemy you're gonna set to fight them is yeah. gonna be like a challenging. You're enough. demigods, yeah, yeah. You're demigods, and so it's all about like moral and social uh, uh, consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get that, but there was a while where my character doesn't want to hurt people they consider weak or innocent, but is very strong. But is very strong, like yeah. you know, like the. Lift up a city with a with, does, with does one it hand sometimes pipes. does not realize their strength was kind yeah. of what I was yeah uh, and playing. that I'm fine with but when it's like there were several instances where it's like I can go and attack these people but I'm not gonna because I don't want to harm any people I'm instead gonna go and break their tools go break this drill that they're trying to use for the siege and stuff like that yeah. and I roll and I use my powers and I do very well and it's like well you did very well so you kill the people anyway. That was, like, yeah. mm-hmm. it was really draining me for a while, being, yeah. like, I mean, like, whatever yeah, I like, try to not harm people still harms yeah, people. Yeah, you're trying your best as a player. Trying my best as a and player. And as a character. And as a character, yeah. doing well, like, the dice supporting me. Yeah. Spending mm-hmm. resources on these powers to help me do well. Yeah. yeah. And then still being punished. That was, like, a part that was... That like, was a feels-bad moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like... Like it was, it, it is a learning experience yeah. also we, for myself because yeah. we yeah. talked about it. Like, yeah. like I didn't know that that's how you felt, yeah. and I was, I was in in my head in the moment. I was just thinking, yeah. like, you get to do what you want to do, which in the way you described it was destroy the drills. Yeah, and you dest- you you wreck those drills. Yeah, there were people inside. Right, but like the the high amount of success, you interpret that as like oh a lot of damage, whereas yeah. I think Ennis, as the exactly. player, was more like, oh, I did a very lot well, Ennis. I get to do what I want. Yeah. You know, like, like a, my a intention. Lot of exactly. Uh, I would, in fact, would rather, rather than when I roll a lot of dice in that, I would have rather, if, like, I roll poorly, or if I, if you set a threshold and I don't meet it, then, then I kill people. Yeah, 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 and that would have been a better solution, but in the moment yeah. I didn't. I, uh, yeah. I, I have yeah. accidentally done that as well when doing D and D, like you know, a character is trying to knock out an NPC, like knock out a villager or whatever, and they roll a nat twenty. So, well, what's your crit damage? It's a barbarian, so it's like you explode this man's head because yeah. you rolled a nat twenty. Not you have succeeded extraordinarily, so you get more narrative control. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and like it's a learning. It's, experience, it's such definitely. an easy pitfall to fall yeah, into, definitely. especially as a GM. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people see D twenties and like. Big damage, especially during attacking, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than, oh, you get to execute the thing you wanted flawlessly. Yes. And that's how it should be interpreted. Sometimes that is big damage. Other times that is, I really don't want to kill this person. I rolled a nat 20. I really don't kill them. <laughs> yeah. I, I super don't kill them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, he's fine. He's, yeah. I fixed his back. It's what we were talking about in like, how to be a good player is kind of bringing up these sort of things. Yes. You know, about how... You, you want your character and how you feel how the game is going and having these discussions. Yeah. yeah. I, I brought that up not to say that Santi's a bad GM. Santi like, is a bad GM because... I am a terrible GM. No. <laughs> uh, I think Santi's you know, a pretty good GM. Yeah, but definitely. it's, you know, just like a, an example of like, you know, not all of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of regrets about Shadrub. You know, you have, oh, I have regr- so many regrets about... I feel like, honestly, sometimes when I just sit there and I think about Exalted, I feel bad because we really push on your nerves in that we really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know I'm just glad that, that a certain card game is no longer brought up as much that's all like, I'm gonna say even that that is like I'm like oh that's an in world thing that's a character thing I feel like 
on an out of game level, we we stress you every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got some good quotes it, out of Exalted oh, though. God. Yeah. I feel like like when we talk about accents at Exalted, when we talk about wife uh, slayers, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I understand Santi's pain. Yeah. I was an NPC for a little bit in that campaign. And I had specifically written this NPC. He was a bad person, but like he was helping out because he knew uh, one of the characters from their backstory. And he had murdered his own father to gain power within the system and avoid suspicion for crimes he had committed. And then his wife left him because of it. And the players kept being like, where's your wife? Huh? Did you kill your wife? And I'm sitting there like, no, motherfuckers. I killed my dad! And they're like, <laughs> he's being dodgy. He's killed his wife. I will say, <laughs> to be, to be fair, insane. we were married to that idea as players, and we did not want to divert from it. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, we never even pushed towards you having killed your father. Literally, this is a I'll revelation you, you're saying right now. <laughs> I, 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 NS, knew, but not during Exalted, during Shadowrun, because in Shadowrun, during the multiverse thing, uh, we did a thing where we were in Exalted in the yeah. version of Exalted that Santi is running. Mm-hmm. I sent the people from Shadowrun in there, and for that, I had a talk with Chris and Santi about, like, what was, like, some of the background that we weren't aware of as players, and that's when I found out that he, oh, his so father was, was dead. This is just a revelation for me right now. <laughs> gotcha, okay. And, and, like, it played into the fact, uh, uh, mm. into some parts of the campaign, uh, I don't remember, know if you remember, but it was, like, uh, some part of the father's will had influenced Yes, I do remember yeah. that, and he was very regretful. Like, yeah. Like, the character was very regretful, and I was like, I wonder why that is. <laughs> yeah, it was we, his whole character motivation, yeah. and you guys completely sidetracked it. We sidetracked it and exalted he was and the then again in Shadowrun. <laughs> yeah, and then we went into it in Shadowrun. And, and then and we this, also sidetracked it. Yeah, and we also pushed that narrative that he was the wife killer in that one, too. <laughs> so I feel like we really, you know, we really stress your nerves in that. I... To, to be fair, it's the same way that I handle all of these kinds of things, which is like it, it only it only stresses me out like fifteen percent. The rest of it is like playing the the, the straight man to yeah. the joke, right? Because that just makes it funnier. For me, no, it really. is, it is fun, and I I really enjoy Exalted. I think uh, it's. If if I didn't think it was for fun, I wouldn't enjoy you getting like that deep sigh exactly. every time. Look, look, the, the but then the... sometimes when I'm uh, you know asleep, you know going to bed at night, I'm just like, I maybe hope I, it's I should just yeah, it's like I should do something nice for something <laughs> inexalted. It's like I should do something inexalted that'll help him out, like yeah. that'll make things like run a, better. Two things. First, my my biggest regret. Cringe moment I have from his oh, That's right. Is, is yes. They went. They went to the city of Nexus, which is like the biggest metropolis in the in in the setting. And I was trying to describe a section of the city that was on the riverside. And in my head, Nexus kind of looks like Shanghai. But so, at, but at night. But but during the day. <laughs> In my head, when I was describing it, 
I don't know why I was just like Shanghai. Shanghai is always at night. There's there's no daytime. You're Shanghai. thinking of like the neon, the lights, that exactly. kind of exactly. that version of Shanghai, the the active street markets exactly. in the back. You yeah. know? So I think the quote was, "It looks like Shanghai at night, but if it were day." And then a couple seconds of silence, and then Ennis just says. <laughs> So, Shanghai during the day, <laughs> and then we all just burst out laughing. <laughs> uh, and I was... think that that's the second or third time he's gotten to make that kind of joke. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's something to be said about, like, someone trying to describe something and going out of their way, but there's a word for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like an encyclopedia for Pokemon. So, the uh, Pokedex. Pokedex. <laughs> <laughs> um... So that's that's one that that's, that's Shanghai during the day. Yeah, I will cool. never live that down. Uh, second, I wanted to bring it up because it was brought up uh, when we were talking about Shadowrun and just having goals for players. Yeah. In Exalted, I kind of have the opposite problem, yeah. where you guys have so many goals, yeah. you have so yeah. many quests. Yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of intentional because kind of the point is you're not going to be able to get to all of them. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you don't delegate. But, like, it's kind of the opposite problem. You guys have side quests. You guys did a lot of side quests. Mm -hmm. And main quests. And things you want to get done. And places you want to see. And we've only been to, like, half of the map. Barely. Like, not even... Yeah, like, a quarter overall of the map. But if you saw the map that we use for the game, it basically looks like an Indiana Jones. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big map. It looks like an Indiana Jones map where you you have like a dotted line. Yeah, the red dotted line of where we went. Yeah, we we mark that down like whenever we go somewhere new. Yeah, yeah it's part it, of like that ritual. Yeah, it's part of the ritual. And also on that map are like little pins everywhere. It's like. Hey, we got. There's something here to do. There's something here to do. There's yeah, something we we have quests. When we put down map. the quest pins, I I will say that it did take some weight off of my mind. Where sometimes, like I feel like we're like it's, we're and losing the thread. We're losing thing. the thread. Yeah. Having those pins can we? I feel like it can make it easier. If like, hey, we have a side quest here and a main quest here. If we're gonna <laughs> yeah. go to this like main quest, maybe we stop by the side quest because it's on the way. Maybe this is what, what, what we want to do next. It does give me peace of mind. What do well. we think is more important? Like, having it all laid out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's one of the good things, like, one of the useful things about running online because that, like, I feel like a map like that it would be a, a bit more of a hassle to, like, figure out, like, in person. Physically, yeah. Yeah, even if we had, like, the map in person, just, like, keeping track for all the pins that are at and, like, the, yeah. the markings and stuff. Just yeah. Because we have that online and digital, it's, like, easy to just be, like... Yeah, we, we use Tabletop Simulator for that one. Yeah. And also for Shadowrun now. We yeah. would like to do it in person, but not everybody's, you know, in the same area, so it's yeah. a good alternative. I think we've made it there. The, the map idea is one that I stole from you, though, for Icewind Dale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just having the map and then any time the characters learn about a place, instead of me trying to, like, explain where it is and, like, do all this stuff, I'm like, see this green thing I'm putting on the map? 
that's where it is, and then yeah. like you guys can just keep track of it mm-hmm. that way. Just right? like the point of interest thing, you know. Yeah. I guess video games have done some good things, <laughs> uh, visual design wise. Steal from video games. Boo, video games, tabletop. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I- I'm in an awkward place in this argument, seeing that I got you guys to go load into a video game for the last session. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Another small aside is that Shadowrun is heavily influenced by the game Destiny 2. I feel like the initial design of what I wanted to run was influenced oh, by Destiny. In, in a prior episode where where we were like just a targeted strikes against Annis, it all had to do with Destiny. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The design of like a lot of the stuff in yeah, like homebrewed in the game was yeah, definitely we were razzing him. For- yeah, I was trying to get like now that you know now that we're past it, I was trying. Uh, aiming for Destiny vibes, where it's like, you know, yeah. big, impactful characters with abilities that are unique to them that can influence the world and yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. That's kind of, like, you know, yeah. uh, what I was big into at the time and what drove uh, our Shadowrun campaign, yeah, like, in the, dis- in the conception of it. And so it makes sense that Destiny has a lot of influence, and now that you are dimension hopping, I have to take you to Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> and Destiny has narratively a lot of things that help you meet your goals. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, and in kind of that same vein, as mm-hmm. some of the Exalted players found out recently, is I took a lot of inspiration from like Dragon Age Origins and Mass Effect in terms of like how I wanted to lay out the narrative. Yeah. Uh, they're currently recovering a massive like city-sized ship, which like it wasn't like, I never thought they were going to get to it first, but it was always like, they're going to eventually get to it. They have to want to get to it. It's a gigantic ship. And it was going to be kind of like the 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 framework through which they could like do a lot of other really cool stuff. And that's why we jokingly uh, refer to it as the start of the game, the true and start of the game. I feel like it, we, we say that because it's the thing we wanted the most, and we are like, we're going to do that first. Yeah. And so it's like, that's the start of the game. The game starts once we have that ship. Yeah. Which which irks me, because we have been playing for, for five, five years. <laughs> <laughs> we have done a lot as well. It's been a long interlude. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So another game, if yeah. we can move on, before we move on, you mentioned Icewind Dale. I think that is also a cool campaign. It's over now, so we're not currently playing it, unlike Shadowrun mm-hmm. and Exalted. The title Run. is a lie. Also, it is <laughs> an adventure module that was modified. Yeah. So, Icewind yeah. Dale. That one was, sorry, run by Chris. Run by Chris. Uh, Caleb, the only person here who uh, I did not get to include, because we had a okay. uh, similar problem of way too many players that I wanted to include. I got uh, to hear about it, and I, I was delighted every time I did, so... Um, um, but yeah, it, it was a D&D adventure mo- module, Rime of the Frost Maiden. Uh, that was Rim. I don't give a shit. No. <laughs> I, I DM'd it, so I get to choose. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> um, that was one of the things he modded. Yeah, <laughs> okay. That's how you know it's the homebrew version. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rim. I don't know how to pronounce it. But yeah, it... Very similar to Ennis in that I started off the characters with a little bit higher power level because it is a, like, very brutal module. Like, it starts you off fighting a guy that can one or two-shot uh, player characters as the 
intro fight. And it did. And it did. Several times. It killed, like, two people. Uh, <laughs> and Sons a goat. That killed two people killed me twice. Yeah, killed Sati. I, uh, like, I was fighting the guy who's, like, a serial killer. Yep. And he brings me down. Another player brings me up, and I'm like, I guess I'm going and fighting. And then he immediately downs me again, and I'm like, yeah. okay. I'm and and he regenerates, so his whole plan was kill somebody, run away, regenerate back to full health, and then continue murder uh, until they were all dead. But anyways, it, I love how I had unknowingly countered that character, because I used... Um, chill Touch? Chill, chill Touch, touch. <laughs> was my cantrip of choice as a sorcerer, and so your reaction... I didn't realize he was regenerating until he got affected by Chill Touch the first time, and I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> as we're touching this man more. <laughs> Which worked for your character. <laughs> uh, but, like, the initial conceit of Rival Frostman was it was supposed to be, like, a gritty, dark, like, brutal campaign. Survival. Yes, yeah, survival campaign. And so two of the players made, like, very grim, serious, like, boating characters, which is, like, what I was expecting with... That's what uh, you're going for. Yeah, which is, which is what we were going for, and Santi and our other friends that we had mentioned, James, like, really went into that. Uh, and then the campaign, as we started going, became a lot more of, like... Whimsical. Whimsical and levity and, like, a, a bit more power fantasy than I had originally envisioned it. And so we kind of end up leaning into that, and we ended up having to replace a couple of uh, characters. I went from Cassandra, the grim, dark pal- uh, oath of uh, vengeance. vengeance paladin, to Reginald, De- Reginald Dean, Reginald Fra- Fraser Dean, Reginald Fraser Dean, the high elf, not actually high elf, uh, wizard uh, academic. Yeah, who is a changeling, and I think. Rhyme of the Frost Maiden it does my favorite thing that any D and D module has done, which is it gives every character a secret related to the setting at the beginning. So one guy was a changeling. Uh, our wizard had a sorcerer. Had, sorry, our our sorcerer, right? Uh, sorcerer had a patron that was giving him magical powers, basically like a warlock, but had like imbued him magically. Yeah. Uh, because he accidentally stole a Faye's name. It was <laughs> one of my favorites. Was uh, the cleric who was actually just a necromancer. <laughs> yeah, we we had a small bean. I want to help everyone and make friends. Uh, cleric uh, who was secretly a necromancer, and her healing magic was all turning the entire party slowly into thralls under her control, uh, <laughs> which really played into that fantasy uh, until. The magic item that I homebrewed turned out to be way too OP, and she accidentally revived a dragon, an ancient white dragon, at the end of the campaign to help them with the final fight. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, that campaign, I ratcheted up a lot. There are moments in that campaign that will stick with me forever. The mm-hmm. one that I will never forget is James's character, because James was leaving the campaign. Oh, no. Uh, he got his... He got his brain eaten by an elephid. Yep. And to lay a baby in it. To, and there was a baby elephid in there. And our druid Bree turns into a spider, tiny spider, to surgically remove it. To surgically remove it, so maybe we could revive him. Whatever, revivify. Yeah. 
goes into his skull, the baby illithid is still an illithid. Yeah, it's a baby illithid, and these things have stats. It has one hit point, and it has one attack, which is a psionic wave that does one damage, and, and like a DC 5 intelligence saving throw. And so all she had to do to succeed this was succeed on a DC 10 perception check, very easy to do, and then not fail a DC 5 intelligence saving throw. And so she goes in, fails the perception check three times in a row, and then eventually fails the intelligence saving throw. Spiders only have one health, reverts back to a human inside his, his cranium. It is a Pops. explosion of gore. Uh, I And that's how the first player character officially died, without yeah. being revivable. Yeah. Can I yeah. just say... You can't be revived if you don't yeah. have a head. <laughs> uh, thinking back on this campaign, and it wasn't, like, super big at the... Uh, it, it's like it influenced some of our decisions at the time, but the campaign didn't have a lot of frontline war fighters because in our initial setup, it was the Barbarian and Paladin mm-hmm. plus two clerics, a sorcerer, and a druid. Mm-hmm. The Barbarian and Paladin left because, you know, we those characters did... Uh, the players didn't leave. The characters left because they weren't fitting the rest of the players. They got replaced by a wizard and a rogue. So our party was rogue, wizard, sorcerer, cleric, cleric, uh, druid, cleric, cleric, druid, and two clerics were not like the frontline type. So of there's druid. no one, the one, war, one of them was. There's no, no barbarian. Neither there's of them no was like fighter. War, yeah, neither None of them. Of that. Neither of them were war druids. One of them oh. was a necromancer, and the other one was a druid of life. Right? A druid of peace. Druid of Peace. Sorry, no. Cleric, cleric of Peace. Of, peace, of cleric. Peace. Yeah, sorry. You're, you're messing me up. Cleric of Peace. So there were no front. There was no front line, and we're basically all magic users, other than the rogue, who was the one that died. <laughs> very, very dramatically. So it, it was. It was interesting because you know that party still works. You know, you, you don't have to stick to the classic party compositions, but it did make fights interesting. Where. You know, it's like, we're all healers, so people that are not frontline fighters had to fight at the frontline, and then they'd get injured, and then healers would heal them, and then eventually we'd swap. There was also, a, one of the healers was not really a healer. And, <laughs> yeah, that's and, and, and we we overcame our uh, weaknesses in ways that may have upset our GM. Like, the fact that the rules as written, a lot of the monsters and a lot of things in Icewind Dale are just really dumb. And if you have a high intelligence save... They fail it often, and then they don't get their turn. Uh, saving throw, like with the spell, uh, what was the spell called? Tasha's Mind Whip? Tasha's Mind Whip. Yeah, which basically you can only take one action, movement, attack, or bonus, bonus action. action. And so a lot of the monsters I have, when I'm statting up monsters and like making them stronger to make them more interesting encounters, because uh, I don't like having a bunch of small encounters in a day, I don't like having a bunch of like meaningless, I'll throw wolves at you to waste your resources. I, I'm i not into yeah. that. As as a GM, I like every fight to be like at least somewhat impactful. So when I'm bumping up my monsters, I'm giving them bonus actions and reactions and like cool things to do with their movement. And like, so that's how I pad them out. I give them more cool shit to do. And then Santi comes in and he's like, you get to do one. Yeah. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I will also say like, it being Ice and Dale, all oh, things were weak to fire. 
and we had two ca- characters that were very fire very very fire focused so that that did help a little bit <laughs> I like that campaign I I also ended up playing a second character my first character was a very uh, sex driven character for uh, I, that's basically how you yep. describe Florian very promiscuous yeah, yeah very pr- promiscuous charisma based character is a sorcerer. Uh, and then my second character was the bounty hunter that was hunting the first character. Uh, and I changed characters because the first character faked their death in an epic moment. And like, <laughs> like basically the mid, the mid game climax, the mid season climax. Yeah. They were fighting a giant, uh, dragon, uh, basically think a giant dragon made of magic uranium, uh, that when they killed it, it nuked a city. Yeah. And uh, so in, in the moments, Florian delivers the final blow, and then is caught in the nuke, but, you know, seems to die to the other players, and then the his bounty hunter rolls into town, uh, but in reality, he's not dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and Natasha even went on, like, a full side quest trying to find ways to revive your character, yeah, and I kept being like, the spell fails! He's, like, it's either some sort of very powerful magical being is trapping his soul and preventing it from coming back, or he's alive, and she's like, his fucking patron has stolen his soul, I've gotta go kill him. Didn't even consider the other <laughs> See, see yeah. due to Florian's character, the first one just made too much sense. I, I will also say, there was a third option, and she almost really went for that, is maybe your necromatic magic is not strong enough. Yes, that, there was also there was that. that option, which she almost traded away s- her memories of like some important game things <laughs> to learn how to revive him. That's the thing you can't I, mess with death in front of a necromancer because they will try they'll latch onto yeah. that. <laughs> uh, also, she did make a trade eventually. Yeah. She, did, yeah. she traded all of her past memory from before she met the party so that Florian would come back. Yeah. And narratively, Florian was already coming back. Yeah. She traded so much of her character away to hags. Yeah. The hags, for... that was like the best deal of their life. Yeah, that was the best deal of their lives. And what it did mechanically, <laughs> uh, I had given Ennis's new character a evil magic weapon that promised him the power to save Icewind Dale, but was eventually going to try and corrupt him so it could kill a god. Yada, yeah, yada, yeah, yada. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what it did mechanically was the hags just gave him disadvantage on his saving throw against that. Because if Talvinin died, then Florian was going to come back and, like, <laughs> dramatically save the party. And you're wondering, he's like, oh, this charismatic philanthropist. Uh, not philanthropist. Uh, Philan- why, why I don't know why I said philanthropist. It's also a peace-starting word. Uh, player. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's the wrong word. It's English is not my first language. Were you that's talking about when I said promiscuous? Yes, promiscuous. That's the yeah, word. Okay, yeah, yeah. Promiscuous. <laughs> this charismatic character. Per- per- promiscuous character. Mm-hmm. Why would he come back to save everyone? He's not a good person, but he had also been involved with a deal that he couldn't let one of the party members die. Yeah. <laughs> he made a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was to free my patron. My patron is like giving me power. Mm-hmm. But my patron was involved with uh, uh, the daughter of one of the other characters. There was a whole thing where I was like, no, no, no daughter of mine is going to be involved in this. (laughs) But the only way to extradite the two and to release my patron from your daughter was to promise that 
that that <laughs> phrase temper- that your character would ag- leave Icewind Dale safe and sound. Yeah. <laughs> and so I could have just leave the party. You what <laughs> I'm surprised you never noticed the character that so after Florian dies, he masquerades as the town mayor. Yeah. And every time you met the mayor, the mayor There's kept like, telling you to leave. Yeah, it, it kept trying to get uh, Fraser D to just leave. It's like, okay, you've helped us, but also if you're, whenever you guys were trying to do something stupid, I just the mayor was super extra helpful to you guys, gave you tons of resources because I'm like, oh, he's not leaving. He has, I have to give him stuff. To, to be fair, to be fair, for Fraser Dean. He's in his head. He's just like, I'm finally getting the recognition that I fucking deserve. <laughs> I, 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 I think that's how it played out for all the players. Where it's like, oh, I guess we also destroyed the dragon that was uh, that was attacking the town. That's that must be why the mayor is so helpful to us. No, it's, I have to, you have to survive. I was invested in it. And, and to be fair, my character was very much a uh, how do I describe it the parent like the overarching parental figure of the group because i'm like don't do that that's gonna be cursed don't don't pick up that it's cursed stop stop don't go there don't do that no fun allowed yeah fraser was almost always right (laughs) and i was almost always right and also being a wizard is great because if you take all utility spells you get to fuck with the gm a lot yeah fuck wizards no, 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 no. My favorite I mean, one was like, using Passwall to dig. <laughs> <laughs> You'll try to. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we we have talked so long, and we are not even halfway through our list. Yeah, there's a few more that I, I want to mention, but I don't think we'll have the time, gentlemen. Not in this episode. Oh, you want to do a part two? We're doing okay. a part two! We're doing a part two! It's I mean, like, I feel like it's, it's a topic we're enthusiastic about, yeah. you know? And it's something that I'm sure uh, the audience would love to listen to, so might as well yeah. do more. Sure. Yeah. Rather than have, a, like, a two, a two, two and a half hour episode, I feel like two <laughs> individual episodes might be better for both you and us. Yeah. So with that, thank you all for listening to our ramblings about what we're currently playing. We're, we're going to do it played. some more. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. I have been Caleb. Joining me today were... Anas. Chris. Santiago. And see you next time. Draft safe. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done that for one outro. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of a different one. <laughs>